You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 170. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today, as you are listening, I am flying back from London to New York City. I'm going to be in the States for about three weeks before heading out of the States again at the end of October, but I am excited to have a little bit of fall during what is my birthday month coming up this October. So now let's talk about today's episode. This is an interview. I can say, I know I've been getting some emails about interviews and will they be back and that kind of thing. And Flo is taking me in more of the interview direction. I think it's gonna become a mix of the solo episodes I've been doing lately, as well as more interviews when the subjects and guests that align with this work that I've been going through in this last summer with you kind of work out. So when those guests and subjects pop up, that is when I am going to start, you know, again, following my intuition and going with the flow and doing interviews when they make sense. So in today's episode, we are going to cover a subject that I've been getting a lot in the Q&A episodes each month. So as I do the monthly Q&A, more and more questions have been coming in about how do I flow with full-time jobs and families and homes and pets and so much more. So I had Life with Intention online member Cass McCrory share that in an email, she was getting 77 hours of flow in her busy life. And Cass is kind of in many ways the opposite of a life that I have right now in terms of how it looks, in terms of what her responsibilities are and things going on. So I thought if she can find 77 hours to flow in her life and to hear about the transformation she's had as a result of that, I knew I needed to share that story for other people to hear, not just me waxing theoretical on how you can do this without, you know, the life that I have, but in your life right where you are. So let me tell you a little bit about Cass before we get started. She is the owner of CapraStrategy.com, which is a strategic marketing and tech company. So she has that to start. She's also the mother of two little ones and a third one on the way. She's a wife. She's also a blogger at SubtractionProject.com. She has a house and two dogs and two cats. So that is quite a busy life, a business, a blog, being a wife, being a mother to two, pregnant with a third, with a house, two dogs, and two cats. And she has 77 hours of flow in her week. So in this episode, we're gonna talk to Cass about why she originally didn't think she had time in her life to flow, how she actually found the flow in her life, what it's been like as she's implemented it realistically. We're going to get into some really simple and powerful day-to-day changes she's noticed and her recommendations for anyone else out there with a lot on their plates in order to find flow in what you have going on every day. Let's go to the show. Cass, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. I've literally listened to every single episode, some multiple times. So it's it's a little surreal. Here you are at episode 170. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Let's talk about how you got to where you are. So I'm Cass McCrory. I live in upstate New York. I have a husband, George, and two kids, Lexi, who's eight, and Brayden, who's 21 months, and one on the way, which is still really new news for me. But we're excited about having a third child. I own my own business. I own Capra Strategy, which is a marketing firm that I've owned for about 11 years now. And we help people that have a website have an online business because there's a really big difference between just having a website or having an online business. And I also have a passion project called Subtraction Project where I help people subtract what isn't working in their life so that life adds up. And how did I get here? Oh, wow. It's a really long road. I guess it started when I had Lexi, which is weird because I had a whole life before then. I was a mom and I went through kind of a hard divorce and went from living just outside of Manhattan to moving home to Rochester, New York, and starting my business kind of from scratch and really being thoughtful about what I wanted to bring into our life. And it's been a really awesome eight years. All right. So that is where you are now. So we have you at a mother of two with a third on the way with a husband and a business. So you're a very busy person. Oh, yeah. You're hardly living out of your suitcase traveling around single. (laughs) 
No, <laughs> not even close. I think we also have two dogs and two cats, you know, so life is abundantly full and awesome, but it is not at all free range at all. Yeah, and I'm pretty much like floating around the world. So, okay. So you and I, in some ways, are seemingly contrasts of each other in our lives, yet we both are all about the flow. We've talked a lot about this on the show, and one of the things I get so often from all of the Q&As lately and the monthly Q&A episodes is how to flow with families and different things that are stable for people in their lives. So the people that are not doing what I'm doing right now out there have often showed some confusion or some uncertainty about whether flow is really that possible or if so, how. So this is why I am having you on the show to actually talk about your experiences with flow in your own life. But before we get to where you're at now about it, I want to start with where you started. So when I started mentioning flow on the show and probably even, you know, just one-on-one through the mastermind that we were working with together, like what was your original reaction to this concept as I was sharing it? It was a combination of Wow, that sounds amazing. I would love that. Unfortunately, everything in my life would have to be completely upheavaled in order to make that a reality. Like just unattainableness. Like that's how it felt. And I was looking at it with so much envy. And I feel like that kind of has a negative connotation because it wasn't envy in a negative way at all. It was like I was living vicariously through you, but I felt like it was very distant from what I could have in my own life. Like very distant. So what I would try to explain how people could apply it to their own lives that didn't have the situations and circumstances I had, what was your initial reaction to those ideas? I got to do. Like that was my initial reaction. It was like, I was so resistant to the concept of it because I have two kids that expect breakfast, lunch, and dinner, laundry, a house, a puppy, you know, like all of these things. And it felt you know, I picked it. So it wasn't like I was begrudging it or I love it. I love my life, but it just felt like there was no freedom to flow in my life, like zero. So the idea was so unattainable. I mean, I just can't think of another word for it. It really felt like that will be nice. And I guess I can look forward to that in 19 years. (laughs) Once the dogs and the kids are all out of the house, then I will be able to flow a little more. Exactly. And that felt horrible. The idea that I would have to wait that long to live in a way that seemed like I really wanted, the idea of waiting 19 years was like, oh my gosh, that just cannot happen. So what do you do about it? So we had a weekend where we literally had nothing planned, which never happens. Like usually it's multiple things, party this, friends are coming over, family dinner, like all of these things. And we had no plans. And I was like, you know what? We're going to do this weekend. We're just going to go with the flow. And George is like, "Mm, yes, okay. Because I am the person that literally plans to plan. Like literally in my to-do list is a little item that says plan next week. Like that is how kind of type A and I want to say controlling in in the kindest way possible. But like I really was. I had an agenda for every meeting every day. And so on a Saturday, it would be like, first, we're going to go to the grocery store. Then we're going to go to Home Depot. Then we're going to do this. And it was like a whole laundry list of things. And it was like, no, I don't have anything on my list this whole weekend. I'm just going to, we're just going to go with the flow. And it was like the most decadent piece of chocolate cake I've ever had. It was so amazing. And, you know, we ate breakfast an hour later than we normally do on Saturday. And you know what? Everybody lived. And it was, you know, I didn't do the laundry. It got done eventually. So we didn't go to the grocery store. We went out to lunch instead. Brayden took a really early nap and he woke up uncharacteristically early. And so I was like, well, what are we going to do? We have so much time this afternoon now. And there was an art festival going on. And so we went to the art festival. Like we went someplace and did something that was not planned. This was not a Facebook event that I had said I was going to do, you know, (laughs) for the last eight weeks. It was spontaneous. We looked at shops in the art festival that I never would have looked at. And we found the most amazing espresso mugs. Amazing. I have goosebumps. I know you emailed me about this envy you were talking about and how you got to do new things. Or I kept getting to do new things. And you're like, how do you do this in the place where you live? What you just described is literally you did that. You went somewhere new in the place that you already lived. It was an option. And I just had never been clear on how I could make it a possibility. Yeah, you traveled somewhere new in a place you already lived. 
literally went someplace I've never been. And it's not, I mean, if anybody's ever been to Rochester, you know, it's, it's a big little city. I mean, you can get through the whole thing in 25 minutes. So the fact that I went someplace that I had never been before, that I've been living actively for eight years of my grown life is crazy to me. What else did you do? Oh my gosh. We watched a movie. We played outside. We, I mean, we just hung out and lived. I read a book. I read The Love Warrior. I just devoured it. Like I binge read this book and I have not given myself permission to do that in so long. It was just amazing. We did so much and we felt so renewed. Sunday night came and I didn't have the Sunday night blues because I felt like I really lived the weekend. Do you think that you usually had the Sunday night blues because you hadn't felt like you really had a weekend? I felt like I was always doing everything for other people or I just was checking things off the list. You know, and it was, they were good weekends. It's not like I'm complaining about the weekend, but it just didn't feel like enough. It didn't feel satisfying. And this one did. And this one did. Now, here's the thing. So everyone that's like you before your weekend of flow (laughs) might be thinking, you know, what about the Home Depot runs? What about going to Wegmans? What about doing the laundry? Are you just always going to have flow weekends now? Or how do you think having had the before and after and you've seen both ways, what do your weekends look like now that you've had that experience? So last weekend was another weekend of flow. We had commitments. We had things that we had agreed to do, you know, with people outside of our little house. It was a compromise on that. So we had moments of flow. And that was kind of what spurred a conversation that I had with our with our mastermind group about the week, finding more flow in my week because I was so jazzed up about how awesome that weekend was that on Monday morning, I got to work and I was like, I want to light all of this up. I want to just burn it to the ground so that I can have flow all the time. (laughs) Do your version of what I just did in my life, but in your house. I was like, I'm going to quit this and this and this. And I was, I just was like, everything's got to go. I just need all the flow all the time. Luckily, I have really awesome people in my life that were saying, that is probably not a good idea. You have a mortgage. You have real responsibilities, which everybody has real responsibilities at some level. But what if you could just seek more flow instead of just keeping it for the weekends? What if you looked for it in other places? So what did you do after that idea was planted in your head? So I was like, oh, of course, I need to relook at my ideal week which is this whole exercise. And I don't even remember where it started, but some self-helper for sure. I had read this idea of you just need to plan out your entire week and make sure that you have time for all the things that you want to do. So literally every hour of my waking day was spent in 30 minute increments doing all of the things. So I could do all of the things all of the time. Yes. And that is not necessarily the way that that is chunked out. Actually, I think that's part of what gets people confused about flow. Is it like, is you're segmenting your day so you keep going from chunk to chunk versus flowing from activity to activity? Even just as you look at your calendar, it just looks chunky. So it feels chunky to transition between. Do you feel like that has been your experience? Totally. Yeah. And it's like saying, okay, turn on this side of your head and then turn on the other side of the head. You've only got 30 minutes, so you've got to do it really quick. And there was a lot of pressure involved in that. And it did not account for transition like nothing. There's zero flow in planning out every minute of your day. But that's what I was doing. And that's what you did with this ideal week. So you pulled it out to do the way that you used to do it. I hit a wall. I couldn't do it. I was trying to tap into my intuition. And I just I couldn't get there at all. Like I couldn't even do the first hour of the day. Okay, wait, that's interesting. Let's go back. You just said I try to ringing bells in my ears, tap into my intuition, and I couldn't do the ideal week exercise. Why? Because I was trying to fit it in the old framework. I was looking at the calendar and the days and the hours, and my intuition was resisting that. It was saying, no, this is not okay. So the best way that I have ever found to get into my intuition is to cry and to do so in a way that is like involuntary. So I go to like the Facebook page that I typically avoid like uplift or whatever. And I watch some person's miracle unfold because I get in line with just how I feel for those people having this miracle. And undoubtedly, you know, oh my gosh, this person is saved and it's amazing. And I'm 
tears are streaming down my face and I'm also like hyper hormonal because third baby. So I watched the video and then I was like, okay, okay. Wiping the tears off my face, hyperventilating just a little bit. And I write in my journal, I have 168 hours a week. Well, honestly, I had to use the calculator because I had no idea how many hours I had in the week. And so I write down in my journal after I look in the calculator, 168 hours a week. And that was my first step. And then I was like, what's next? Well, sleep is next. I need to take out the sleep first because I know that I need nine hours of sleep. And I used to get off by saying, I I only sleep six hours a night and feeling like that was a badge of honor. And really, I was so tired. (laughs) Being tired is not an award. You do not, there's no stickers for running yourself ragged. So sleeping, super important and not a badge of honor to be tired. So I said, I'm going to put nine hours a day for sleep because that is when I feel the best and I want to feel the best. So I took out the 63 hours a week that I would be sleeping. So that left me with 105 hours. So then I got real on my work time. And the reality is that I work 8.30 to 3.30, Monday through Thursday. So it's seven hours a day. So I work 28 hours a week. You know, my ego is like, that is not enough time. You work so many nights every single week. That does not feel like enough. 28 hours, you work like 60 hours a week. Intuition is like, uh, is this okay? Like asking for permission. My ego is like, this is not okay. You need to work more. You need to work harder. You're not playing big. You know, that's what my ego says. My intuition is like, could this be enough? Like literally in my notebook, it says, is that enough? It doesn't feel like enough. Could it be enough? Let's try. That's what my intuition said. Let's try. Let's try. And so I broke down my hours of work. Like, could I actually do what I need to do, what I want to be doing for work in 28 hours a week? And it came out to be 29 hours. I was like, okay, it's possible as long as I focus. And why did you pick those hours? Why does it end at 3.30? Because I'm here for my kids. So when Lexi gets off the bus, it's mom time. Okay. That's why that is happening for you. And I know a lot of mom entrepreneurs have gone to some conferences and spoken, thinking of AH Inspired in particular. And there are some incredible women out there that are running these huge ships of businesses on amazingly smaller hours of time than what you would think. And they always say, until they had the children, they didn't know how they spent all the time that they did on their business because with the motivation of the kids and the work that they somehow were able to strap it into these smaller time periods, which A, I think is incredible. B, could be possibly stressful to some people. And it's just really interesting to look at how much time do we really need? Yeah. And that's true. When you have kids, like every minute becomes a different type of time. I don't know. Time really shifts a lot. It both flies and slows way down. And I've seen this a lot with different people as they have kids, like being one of the first people in my friend group that had kids, like seeing my friends have kids, like they're how they treat time, how you value time changes a lot just because you have less of it, but you can still appreciate it without kids. You just have an abundance of flow time, which is awesome. Okay. So we're going to get into, for those who don't have 28 hour work weeks, what to do. But for now, we're looking at what you did with this ideal week. So instead of cramming every half hour chunk with a different color of your pencils, because I know you, <laughs> that's kind of something you would totally do. So what did you do with the rest of the hours after work and sleep was taken out? I did nothing. Boom. It was such a freeing moment. I realized that I had 77 hours of flow in my week. My intuition said, oh, that is freedom. But here, Cass, what about going to Home Depot? What about going to Wegmans? What about the laundry? All those things you would have chunked into your schedule. Yeah, it happens in the flow. And what does that mean? Because I'm sure there are people going, how does this work? I'm so type A. I literally have a list of things that I'd like to see happen in the flow. And it's one part boo-boo manifestation and one part, okay, really? If this stuff doesn't happen, I've got to dial this flow thing way back because my life still has to function. The wheels cannot fall off the car. So I have to make sure that things are happening still. So I still have a checklist of things that I'd like to see happen in the flow, but they really are just happening. I mean, there is no bullshit on this. Like it really is happening. And I am one of the last people in the world that thought that it could. Okay. Why did previous you think it couldn't happen? Because I had to work so hard to pull it off before. How could it happen with ease? Is it easy now? It is. 
Why is it easier? Because it's just happening when it happens. And some stuff isn't happening. And I'm recognizing, yeah, that didn't need to be that that didn't need to happen. And it's really remarkable to realize that all of the balls that I was juggling, I could have sat some of those balls down five years ago and we would have all been fine. It's just an amazing aha moment. And you don't really even recognize it until you do what you want to do from one moment to the next and you just go with the flow. And I found it to be my kids are so much happier in the last two weeks because we really are just going with the flow. You know, we go out to the garage. We were going to go to the grocery store. We have plenty of time to get to the grocery store. It's literally open 24 hours a day. I could get there anytime. Braden hopped on his little trike bike and he wanted to go for a ride. And I was like, well, yeah, why don't we go for a ride around the block first? And so we pushed the bike trike around the block first. And then we got in the car and went to Wegmans and everything still happened. But we had this moment on the bike trike. We saw a cardinal on the tree. We saw a bunny rabbit in somebody's bushes. I never would have had that moment if I was so task-oriented with, we got to get to Wegmans. I'm like tearing up over here and I have goosebumps all over. <laughs> I am too. This is what it's possible. This is what is possible. You didn't change your life. You didn't jump off a cliff and, you know, sell your house and all your furniture. You went on the bike trike around the block before going to Wegmans. It was an eight minute around the block walk. It was not a big shift. I did not have to sell every possession to find flow. I did not have to burn everything to the ground to get there. And it's remarkable. You know, I'm, I'm finding myself really happy in a fulfilled way. I used to be happy because I was productive. Productivity felt like happiness. And it's not right now. It's living that feels like happiness. And we think that the productivity is going to lead to more living. But what it's doing when you create that ideal week is leading to more productivity. Right, exactly. My ego is like, do I need to block this off more? Do I need to figure this out? And my intuition said, no, you don't. Live. That's what we're here to do. We're not here to check off all the colors on our pretty calendar. Our point is not to make a pretty calendar in the first place. Nothing wrong with pretty calendars. Yeah, use your highlighters. Go for it. But there's so much more to life than segmenting. Yeah, I might struggle with this. I used to have a block of time to do something. Like, okay, from 7 to 7.30, I'm going to bathe the kids and read them a story. But it always felt like a rush because something else had to happen at 7.30. And now it isn't because it's just what, what happens next is going to happen next. And it's not like things aren't happening, right? Like my kids are still clean. I brush Lexi's hair nearly every day. Like I joke with my mom about that all of the time because one day I didn't brush her hair. That happens. Everything's still happening. Our house is not in ruins. You just have to kind of try. And I needed the nudge of that first weekend of nothing scheduled to feel the freedom of finding it, it is so infectious. It is so addictive. It really is. It's like once you have it, you will want more of it and you will go to extreme measures to get it because it is better than anything. You know what I was realizing as I was sitting there talking about highlighters is I just had this kind of visual. So if we only think about all the women out there that love to color code their planner, well, let's say you're doing it with a color pencil. It's a very strong, harsh line. What flow is, is not to say that we're no longer doing the thing. Let's say we marked it in green was laundry. We're still doing the laundry. We're just doing it with watercolor where there's blending and there's flow and there's this fluidity of the colors of all the things you're going to do them anyways, but it's just going to look a lot more soft and a lot less rigid between the lines. There's not going to be that harsh cutoff point that is creating this stress in our lives to move from one thing to the next. Yes. I love planners. I was, a, I am, I think I, I don't know if I still am a planner junkie, but I have been, I mean, I've had them all, you know, and I try them and then I get to like March or April and I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is working anymore. And then I stress out if I can get another one before the end of the year. Or is that ridiculous? Is this a restart? If you get a new planner, is that a restart? I definitely had that. <laughs> You're like, it's a new year. We got a new calendar. Yeah, exactly. And I know I'm not alone on that. Like I, because my people are people like that too. So it's it feels a little scary, honestly, to be stepping outside of this. You know, I've had a couple of like text exchanges with friends and they're like, oh, what are you up to today? And I'm like, oh, you know, we're just going with the flow. 
And they're like, oh my gosh, I wish we could do that. We've got six birthday parties and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, that sounds horrible. You need to get out of your life. Like, that sounds horrible. Yeah, what would you say to your friends now? You've got to find a way to embrace more flow. You've got to find it. Even if it's just an hour that you just give yourself the time to flow. And it doesn't have to be alone. Like, you don't have to go with the flow alone. You don't have to have perfect circumstances. It can literally be going left instead of right when you leave your house to get someplace. Just take yourself out of the race. Yeah, because where are we going? Like, where are we getting to? Like, what is the point of that? I mean, you have a checklist. It's not like you're not looking at the fact that there are things you need to keep in mind. You're not letting things fall to the wayside, but you're not letting that checklist ruin or rule your life either. It's a really different way of looking at it and looking at it from the whole week. I don't need to do the laundry all at once, or I don't need to read a book myself every single day. You know, like I can look at it and say, yeah, I've read something this week. That's good enough. Not in a I'm giving myself a pass on life way at all because I'm not. It's just it can feel right to do something in one moment and not in the next. And that's totally okay. Say that again. It's okay to do one thing in the moment and not want to do it in the next. And that's okay. I think we don't give ourselves permission to do that enough. We totally don't. I know I haven't given myself permission. And as I think about this, so as we're talking about this, I keep going back to, as you guys know, I've been studying this kind of work for probably 12 years now, if not more, but I would say seriously for 12 years. And the first person that got me into the work that I do and has opened the, the light of my eyes was Stephen Covey in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And in that book, one of the habits is doing planning just like this. Franklin Covey Planner is probably one of the first of these planners we're talking about highlighting to the nth degree and segmenting and chunking your day so that the important things get done. And I have read that book for 12 years and it is the what I used to call my quote unquote kind of foundation or you know something that I find extremely influential. However, what we're saying and it's an interesting thing for me to say I'm totally a student of Covey, but what I am asking people to do is to consider whether or not their lives would be better served by not actually doing habit 3. And what's interesting about that is that the reason he came up with that way of doing things is because he was trying to help people do the important but not urgent things in their lives. And what you're saying is you are still able to do the important and not urgent things. And you're actually more effective at doing them because let's say an important but not urgent thing might be working out or might be spending time with your child going around the tricycle in the neighborhood. Have you seen yourself doing any more important but not urgent things now that you're in flow? Way more way more important and way less urgent. For whatever reason, social media feels like an urgent thing because it's always being refreshed and you can miss something. And so the urgency of social media and the constant refresh was really sucking me in. I was like, well, I don't know what's happening in the world. Like literally I would be on my phone after the kids would go to bed and it would be like, I got to see what's happening in the world. And that is not at all important. It is all urgent. It feels all red shot you know, hot urgency. And I'm finding myself not online in the same way because the important stuff of hanging out, reading a book, flipping through a magazine, making pumpkin bread, pushing the trike around, watching Brayden, you know, splash around in his rock box because it was full of water from the rain. Like that stuff, way more important. But I've really seen a drastic decline in how I've used social media in the last three weeks. Which is so funny because what you did before was segment your day. And then how did you have time for social media if you were segmenting your day so much previously? Because I was avoiding doing things that I wasn't ready to do. Because you weren't ready to transition in the way that your planner unforgivingly told you to. Yep, exactly. When I think about just working 28 hours a week, that felt really scary to me because I was working probably 40, 45 hours a week between nights and in the morning early sometimes. But I had to do that because I wasn't focused in the 28 hours that I actually had given myself to do the work that I needed to do because I felt like I didn't have any freedom. So the entire time I was doing the work, I was like, this isn't fair. In my head, some part of me was resisting it. You were rebelling. Yeah. And you were wasting time. (laughs) 
And I was wasting time. I was on social media. I was responding to emails much faster than they needed to be responded to. Email tennis, you know, where you just bounce the emails back and forth over the net. Like, I was a champion. I was the Serena Williams of email tennis. I've never heard of email tennis, but now I'm going to think of you and Serena Williams playing tennis through email the rest of my life. Yeah. I mean, that's, I was a champion at that, but I wasn't getting work done because I was avoiding it because it didn't, I didn't feel like I had any freedom. In some ways, it felt like the work hours that I had away from my kids was my free time. Because when you're a mom and when that's mom time, it's not about you. And that's not true either. And that's something I'm learning still now, you know, that I can still be a person and do things that I want to do with my kids. Can you give an example of that so people can relate to it? Yeah. I mean, and this is like a really silly example, but we were outside and I was painting my nails and the kids were, you know, running around and going down the slide and doing everything. And I was painting my nails. They didn't need to be asleep or at a babysitter's in order for me to have the free time to do that. You know, but I used to have guilt or I don't even know what it was. I felt, I felt like when it was mommy time, it needed to be all about them. And not that it isn't still all about them in some ways, but I could be present and still have me going on. You're not looking at a screen. You're still probably engaging with them or talking to them or looking up to see what they're doing. It's not like I let them, you know, go play in traffic, you know, like they're in our fenced in backyard. They're fine. And letting them play without me micromanaging their play or suggesting how they play, like that's good for them. They don't need me to do that. So what have you noticed as you've woven this into your life more? You said your kids are happier. Has George noticed anything? I think so. I guess we'll find out more after he listens to this. This is huge. So we're going away for a little couple's vacation. Just George and I, we are leaving on Thursday morning and we're going to Lake Placid for two nights. We only have one night of hotel room booked because I wasn't sure if we would want to stay there for a second night. And there's a bunch of places kind of around there that I knew that we could probably get something last minute. So we just have one night of vacation booked. Look at that, Cass. Look at that. You are doing what I'm doing. I am. I'm finding it in the smallest little pocket. And it was amazing. We have no plans. I have not pulled the universe and looked up every TripAdvisor thing about what we should do. I'm just trusting that we're going to get in the car on Thursday morning. We're going to find some place and it's going to have an amazing breakfast. And we're going to have an amazing vacation. And we're just going to go with the flow in this small little window. And it's going to feel awesome. You have two nights unplanned. I love this. It's totally possible. You start living more. One of the things I have been told, and obviously I'm an extreme example of this right now, but I think that this could still be seen for you, Cass, too. As I have been told more in the last few months that I am more alive than most people that they know. It's been a weird thing to be told. (laughs) You seem very alive (laughs) because obviously we're all alive, but that's like a thing that people in different parts of the world and different countries have told me. That's kind of a weird thing to get multiple times. But I think what it's coming from is the fact that I'm fully engaging in the moment and flowing with it like you're doing. And you're doing the same thing within a very different set of circumstances. Do you feel more alive? Totally. Yeah. I was actually thinking that the other day. I'm making a lot more eye contact. Really? Why do you think that is? I think because I'm not looking at my phone to see what I'm missing. Social media-wise or your calendar-wise? Everything. Email, social, everything. I'm just kind of okay with it. It's just living someplace else. It's not part of my life right now. You didn't move to Portugal. You're not living in Lisbon because they all live this way because this, this is just not their culture to do it. It's part of the reason I love it so much. But you're still doing it in upstate New York, in Rochester, New York, and it's working. With a family. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I would comment on like Instagram pictures and stuff and be like, oh my gosh, that looks amazing. I so want to have that in some capacity. I need to find a way to do that. And this is a way to do that. And I really discounted it. I really did not think this is possible. I'm not special, right? It's not like, oh, you well, this circumstance, this is really, you know, I'm very lucky. I'm blessed beyond measure, right? But I'm not so different from any other person that they couldn't do the same thing. Okay, so now we're going to bring up the other end of the pendulum. Okay, so what about for those that are working 40 to 50 hours a week and have families? What would you say to those people? So you just have slightly less hours of flow. But even in your work hours, your 40 hours of work, you know, whatever you're blocking off of that, 
try to find moments of flow when that too. That's something else that I've been doing where I recognize that I'm very good at having meetings certain times of day. And I'm very bad at having meetings other times a day. Like in the afternoon, I need it to be flow. I need to get into the zone and I just need to do the work. I cannot be interrupted every 30 minutes with a different meeting. So I've actually been honest with people and said, you know, an afternoon meeting doesn't really work for me. Is there any chance we could move this to the morning? And people are like, sure. These are meetings that I've had for years, longstanding meetings that I've had for years with individuals. And I was like, yeah, this just isn't working. They're like, yeah, sure, no problem. I mean, how much time have I spent resisting these afternoon meetings that I could have always just been like, hey, how's the morning for you instead? Yeah, it's a simple switch that just, it's a, it's a paradigm shift. And this is going back to Covey, you know, my favorite, one of my most influential teachers is talks about paradigm shifts. And what is interesting is also, if you think about the lens of masculine feminine energy, there are some people that might really, and I think Covey was one of those people that really love segmenting his day. And maybe that's more of a young thing. I'm not going to get into like, you know, dissecting whether this is or not. We all have both energies within ourselves. We all have the ability to do both the execution kind of thing and the flow thing and doing both at the same time. It's all within us. But what Covey really wanted us to do, and I think he, I really do kind of credit him as kind of this first person that really in the more recent, like wrote that book in the eighties, really brought this idea of time management to the forefront. He did it so, not just so that we could have a Technicolor dream coat calendar. He did it so that we could do the important things in our lives and we wouldn't avoid them. But what we're realizing is maybe there is a 2.0 way of doing this that is actually with less color coordination and with less segmenting for people, I think it's really powerful to at least try this approach and see what it's like if you've been on the other side of the pendulum for so long, over planning and going about it the other way that you described that you used to. Yeah. And I would say just start with a weekend, even just one weekend day, right? Where you don't have anything planned or just cancel everything. Like, is there anything better than a day of canceled plans? I don't think so. When you realize that you thought you had all of these things that you had to do and then it's all of a sudden magically free, that is snow day. Amazing. So good. So look for a day that you can do it and try it. And once you feel it, and it might feel foreign at first. I know it did for me. Like that first Saturday morning where we were like, oh my gosh, shouldn't we be making breakfast already? It kind of felt scary. You know, like what are we doing? And once I kind of got over that, it felt like freedom. You know, what's so funny is it almost reminded me like you were kind of waiting for a mom to tell you what to do. And now you're a grown up and you get to do whatever you want. <laughs> but you've been a grown up all along and you've just chose to live your life like you're not the grown up that gets to do whatever you want. It's so funny that you say that because I have found myself thinking a lot in my life, like, I wonder what it'll feel like when I'm a senior in high school. You know, like that feeling that you have when you're a freshman and you see the big seniors and you're like, oh my gosh, they're so cool. I can't wait to feel like that. And then surprise, surprise, you get to be a senior and you don't feel like that at all. I feel like grown-uphood is the same thing. You're like, I can't wait until I feel like a grown-up and I have control over everything. And then you get to be a grown-up and you're like, I have control over nothing. Yeah, you just said I have to wait 19 years in order to have flow. That was your initial thought. Exactly. That is really what I thought. And it's like, no, I just, you know, it's like the emperor's new clothes. He didn't know that he was naked. And how does that apply to flow? <laughs> I, I, I think I see it, but I'm not connecting the dot. You just don't know what you don't know. You don't know that you can, you can feel a certain way until you try to feel that way. And I'm going to break this down from what you've been saying, because I still think there might be people that are like really on the cusp of doing this, but they're still kind of confused about what this looks like for you. And you're like, okay, I got the work and I've got the the sleep, but then what, right? So it sounds like you have a list of things that do, you know, as far as the household running smoothly, um, at some point need to be complete or you want to, let's say want rather than need, first of all, let's get the shoulds off the table, but the things you'd want, you want to paint your house, you want to fix the leaky faucet, right? These are things you want. You don't have to do those things. You don't have to put the fire out when your house is burning down. You want to, you know, stop the fire from burning your house down. Okay. So you're going to write the things you want to get done. So you kind of have an idea of them, but then what do you do with the rest of your time or how do you approach that list in flow? I literally just say what sounds good. I say it out loud most of the time, like, okay, what sounds good? Does a cup of tea sound good? Does a milkshake sound good? Like, what sounds good? And I just kind of think about it. 
on Saturday at 1.30 in the afternoon, I had bought paint probably a month ago for our living room. And our Saturday night plans got canceled because of thunderstorms. And George is like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. I could nap or we could paint the living room. Let's paint the living room. And like, this is something that was on my list to do before the end of the year. Wow. So you're not putting things off. I was just going to think, are you putting things off on the list you don't want to do? No. And it's not even, it's not that I didn't want to flow, flow into painting the living room. Like, no, it was really enjoyable. We took our time while Brayden was napping. We taped off the room. When Brayden was awake, we watched a movie. We watched Mr. Holland's Opus, which is much longer than I remembered it being. Um, <laughs> you never know how long a movie is until you try to watch it with kids. And then Brayden went to sleep. Lexi was watching shows and hanging out with us, and we painted. And then we watched the end of MasterChef. So how would that have looked if you had been doing this in your calendar days? Oh, my gosh. Well, we would have started taping off when we woke up, first thing, before anything else. And then I would have tried to juggle the kids while painting, and the dogs would have run through the paint, for sure. Why, why would you have done all of this so badly because you had it on the calendar? Well, because I had to get done. It's a race. What does that mean? Okay, so it's a race to, to what? It had to get done. It just had to be off the list. It had to be finished. By the end of the year, which is ironic because you just did this three months early. Right, but when you start something, you have to finish it. That's another pressure of a grown-uphood. But you did finish it when you flowed. Absolutely. But old me that was scheduling in the time, I would have been waiting to get to the next thing as opposed to enjoying the thing that we were doing. Oh, so you wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. I wouldn't. We wouldn't have listened to music. We would have tried to do it while the kids were underfoot. Like there wouldn't have been half as much joy. And it's like you weren't even thinking properly in the old way of doing it, right? Because like what you've just described is like a very logical way of doing this in enjoyable and logically. But the way you would have done it before would have been less logical and less enjoyable way. And it would have been more forced because it would have been about getting something done. It would have been going upstream. It would have been totally upstream. But instead, you just kind of said, what feels good to me in this present moment? What is the universe providing me the energy, resource, time, attention to do right now? Let's do it. Yeah. Super easy. Everybody has clean clothes. We've had meals. You don't have a housekeeper now. You haven't halved your income or doubled your income. Everything is the same. You're just enjoying your life more and you're looking people in the eye and you're not as obsessed with social media. Yeah. I think those are the biggest shifts so far. But I'm excited to see what happens next with the shift because I know it's not done. What do you think? I don't know. I have no idea. But I feel really excited to know. I'm curious about it. Curious is a good place to be. It is. And it's interesting you know, we're life with intention just started back up. So I was working on my values and kind of what I want my focus to be this session. And I think I've decided that my value is going to be fueling the flow. So what do I need to do to equip myself to be in the greatest sense of flow? And it means working for the 28 hours that I have, doing what I say I'm going to do, the tenets of being a good human. And it means that I need to get that sleep that I told myself that I needed, that I've accounted for now. So now I know I have permission to take that. I need to do it. So I'm trying to think of all of the other ways that I'm going to fuel the flow in my life so that I have even more of it. So you're still doing everything you were doing before. It's just how you're approaching it is from the what is the universe flowing to me in the present moment that also possibly, but not always even aligns with that checklist. Yeah. Things that I'm not doing that I needed to be doing or that I felt like I needed to be doing was keeping up with blogs and self-help and reading that stuff. You know, I was always working on something, always, you know, self-development. And I haven't done that in the last couple of weeks and it feels pretty good. Because the whole thing is trying to get you to flow anyways. Right. If this is it, right, why am I going to keep on striving and being a, a try hard on all of these other areas if happiness is here? Why are you swimming upstream? Yeah. Yeah, this is a big shift that I've been trying to make here on the show and in my own life. And it is so wonderful to be able to share your experience of it with all of the things going on in your life, because I'm sure there's so many people listening right now that are resonating with what you're saying or hopefully curious enough to give that weekend day a try, like you mentioned, or even that weekend away with their partner and not planning the last two nights and where they're going to stay. This isn't to say that I am going around constantly, you know, I've never been homeless for the night yet, guys. So it's not like I've been doing this for four or five months that it's, you can get a place to stay, but you don't have to do it. So I'm not saying be 
take such risk that you're putting yourself in harm's way or really dangerous situations. But at the same time, there are so many opportunities afforded to us to actually go more in the flow than we think, even if it's in a three-day period or a three-month period or a three-hour period. So Cass, what internal doubts or resistance are you currently going through? It's probably on the career side, just playing big, making sure, you know, am I doing what I should be doing? Should I be working harder? Should I be trying to grow? And then balancing that off with kind of the pause that feels like motherhood. That's my biggest challenge right now is I know that having a baby, you know, making a baby, doing all of the things and creating life and then having a new person to care for, it it is a pause in some ways because it it's fleeting. And so you don't want to miss any of it by being busy doing something that's not so important. And then balancing that with being ambitious. Yeah, that's my struggle point right now. All right. And what would you tell someone who's just starting out on this journey? Just try. Very small baby step. Take an hour or figure out the hours that you have in a week to be in flow and feel the abundance in that. Because I would bet that you think that you don't have five minutes free. But if you actually do the math and figure out how many hours of freedom you have to be in the flow, that feeling of abundance itself, it'll be like a warm blanket. It'll feel so amazing that you will find it so much easier to get there, to to put yourself in that state of flow and to allow it to be. Cass, thank you so much for coming on the show. Before we wrap, I know this is a kind of something that just came to me and I just kind of want to get your two cents here. I know that you used to be afraid to tap into your intuition and that you were afraid that it was going to tell you to, what did you say, bake cookies all day or something like that, or not be very ambitious. And when you said the word ambition, it reminded me back to that moment where you were too terrified to ask your intuition what to do as a mother and business owner. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that experience? Yeah, sure. So I was, I was really afraid to tap into my intuition because I had no idea what she was going to say, what I was going to say, because I had never really asked. I was on a track. You know, I was going to be a chief marketing officer and I was going to wear heels and do all of this. And so I didn't want to ask my intuition, was I being a good enough mom? Or, and I was afraid that it was going to go way more in the other direction. Like, you shouldn't be working. You should be staying home with your kids. You should be doing all of this. I was really afraid of my intuition that it was going to tell me that I couldn't be me. And what I found when I did finally get there and talk to my intuition is that I can be more me with myself than with anybody else in the whole world. It's the best place to be. And I'm okay. The balance that I represent in my life is very different from anybody else's. And it works for me and for the people that I was entrusted to love. And so that's good. And it didn't tell you to be less ambitious. No, it didn't tell me to be less ambitious. It didn't it didn't tell me to be Betty homemaker. It didn't tell me to quit everything. It didn't tell me to work full-time, you know, 65 hours a week and become a managing director at some company either. It let me walk the line that I wanted to walk, which is, yeah, I I'm with my kids from 3:30 to 7:30 every night. That's my time with them. That's cool. I don't need to be in the office until 6 to prove my worth. Thank you for sharing that little piece at the end there, because I just wanted to put that out there because I remember that kind of tension you had building up inside about writing to your intuition and what it was going to tell you about your ambition and things that you were afraid it was going to tell you to dial back on. And instead, I found you more fiercely confident after you had done that. You were really clear and it was palpable. My intuition said, I do what I want. And it was the most ballsy Beyonce style thing that I'd ever experienced. And it was like, I'm seeking no permission. I'm not saying any I'm sorry's. I do what I want. And it may be a path that somebody else wants to walk to, but they don't know that they have permission to be on it. Yeah, because they're looking for external approval versus internal alignment. Yes, yes. So if I can pave the way so that somebody else knows, hey, you could do this too, I want to do that. I think you just did, Cass. 
I love talking with you, Kaz. And this, of course, is just a joy for me to share. I love that both of us are embracing flow in our circumstances, halfway around the world from each other, and yet still with totally different situations, being able to just basically live our lives without not getting anything done. We're still getting stuff done. We're just flowing between the things without putting them in this laundry list that we have to segment with rather than just doing what feels and is coming up in this moment. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And Cass, thank you so much for coming on the show. If you'd like to send Cass a message, you can do so over on Instagram at Cass McCrory. And if you'd like to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, of course, I'm at Jess C as in Cass Lively. For show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com slash Cass McCrory. And before I share where I'm headed to next, I'd like to share a bit about today's sponsor, FreshBooks.com. As you guys know, I have been in love with FreshBooks since 2012. I've been using their bookkeeping software online and on my phone and their mobile app for that long. It's been about four years now. I have loved it because it's so intuitive, easy to use, and enjoyable to track all of that income and expenses that I need to pay attention to in order for my business to run smoothly. So if you are not obsessed with the bookkeeping software that you've been using, or you're a new business owner and you need to start tracking your expenses, and you know that stuff like entering every single receipt that you've ever received into an Excel spreadsheet or finding some super complicated bookkeeping software sounds tedious, please check out FreshBooks. I have a free 30-day trial for you if you go over to freshbooks.com backslash lively to give it a shot. Again, freshbooks.com backslash lively gives you a month or 30 days basically to give this a shot and see why I love it so much and hopefully you do as well. Now in terms of where I'm headed to next, I am in Michigan this weekend for a friend's wedding and then I'm headed to Ann Arbor to deal with some loose ends that are there I haven't been back to Ann Arbor since May when I left on this trip, so I've got things to do like selling my car since, let's face it, the last four or five months I've spent quite a bit of money to have it literally sitting in a driveway and to have someone drive it twice a month to make sure that it's still in good condition. I also have to deal with a few other things like selling my old computer, donating clothes that obviously I'm not using or needing right now, and more. So taking some time to see some old friends and that sort of thing, wrap up some loose ends there as well, and then head out on the next leg of my journey. Until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today. 